If you have your Bibles with you and you want to read along with us, it's going to be from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 27. Again, our scripture reading this morning is going to be in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 27. I don't know where else we'll go, but uh, right now we do feel the need to stay in the book of Matthew, chapter 27. Um, and we're going to turn there and read a few verses, uh, if we can, here in just a moment. Our title this morning would be a preemptive question. And when I say preemptory question, that just simply means a question that needs to be immediately answered. Let, let's, let's pause for just a minute and let's set a scene like this. You know, a lot of times teachers will go into a classroom and they want to ask questions. And a lot of times if you ask people questions and they don't know the answer, well, let's back up. If you ask a person a question and they can answer it, they're not going to look around. They're not going to ask anybody else. They're going to give you their answer because they're confident what they have is the correct answer. Now, if somebody doesn't know the correct answer, they either start looking for a source to give them an answer, and that source sometimes can be somebody else. So in a, in a gathering of people like this, sometimes you may say, okay, you've got A and B in front of you. I'm going to ask you a question, and, and when I tell you the sign, we're all going to give our answer at the same time. And I tell you that because people that do not know the answer to a question want to know what everybody else thinks. There's a rule, and I say a rule, there's this idea and there's a study behind that if you ask a question, you're supposed to give three seconds for a person to process the question and give an answer. They either know it or they don't. So this morning, I want to do that for you. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to give you about three seconds to give me an answer because not knowing is not a sufficient answer. You have to give an answer. A lot of times, if a person doesn't give an answer to a question in a, in a classroom, the answer is they don't have the right answer. So we do need to understand there's a right question, a right answer, and there's a wrong answer. I tell you this because Pilate got to a choice, and he had to give an answer. And I think if that very question should come up then, I believe it should come up now in Matthew in the 27th chapter and in the 22nd verse. Pilate said unto them, you got three seconds, you don't have to say it out loud. What shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? What are you going to do with Jesus? This morning when we start talking about uh, uh, this preemptory question is that you don't have time to ponder on this. What are you going to do with Christ? I'm not asking you what you're going to go home this afternoon and you're going to do with Christ. I'm not asking you what you did with Christ yesterday. I'm not asking you what you're going to do with Him next week or even, even next tomorrow the next day. I'm asking you what are you going to do with Christ now? Here you are, you're in a service, we're in God's people, we're singing and we're praying and we're reading His Word and we're seeking His wisdom and the Christ is here and Pilate asked the question, he said, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? You and I this morning, we can just imagine for a minute, we're in a courtroom and you're the jurors and you've got to give an answer for who you think Christ is. You know, there's a lot of opinions about who Christ is. We're going to see there's a difference in Barabbas and Jesus, two different people. 
And you see this morning when I asked you the question that Pilate did, he asked this, Pilate had this choice. He said, what shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? You can either accept who Jesus is, and what I mean by accept who Jesus is, he is the Christ, or you can deny him. You see, some people did not want to believe that Jesus was the Christ. We had a a great deal of discussion this morning in Sunday school, and sometimes I wish in a worship service we could have those, those same kind of questions and conversations, and you can if you feel like you need to say something. But I want to ask you this morning, why is it that some believe in the Christ and some are denying him? He's the same person. He reveals himself the same way. But yet there are people that turn him away. So the the, the question that needs immediately answering comes from that 22nd verse. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Notice what he said. What shall A rhetorical question just means I already know the answer before I ask it. Is the sun shining outside? That's a rhetorical question. I know the answer right now. I'm not asking you a rhetorical question this morning. Pilate was not asking a rhetorical question. He said, what are you going to do with the Christ? I don't know the answer. I wish I could look around right now and point at every single one of you and say, I know what you're going to do with Jesus. But I don't know that. I know what I want to see happen. I know what my heart's desire is to see happen. But I do not know the answer. I'm not God and can see into the future. But I'm asking you a very, very personal question this morning. What are you going to do, he said, with Jesus, which is called Christ? You see, Pilate got to this point that you'll see here. and We can go back and read beginning in the 11th verse. And Jesus stood before the governor. And the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? Again, Pilate's going to start asking questions. And he's going to find out. He says, Jesus answered him there. And he says, It is whatever you say it is. He says, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, It's almost like, are you not listening to what they're saying about you? Do you not want to tell those people that they're wrong and make them... Let's put this in our terms. You want to make a believer out of them? You want to just make them believe that you are the Christ? He said, oh no. He said, that's going to come later in the history of time. Right now, they've got to believe it for themselves. We talked about that in Sunday school. How is every person going to know him? That's a whole different conversation. But you see, Pilate began to say, he said, Do you not hear what the chief priests and the elders? He answered nothing. Pilate said to him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor was marveled greatly. He said, There's this debate. Who is Jesus? There's a debate right now. Who is Jesus? Is Jesus our Savior? Is he maybe like a wishing well or maybe, let's word a little bit different. Is he like a genie where we just kind of take him and put him in a bottle and we're going to rub him and pull him out when we really need a, a miracle in our life? Is he a spare tire that we put in our trunk and when things go wrong, we pull him out and he fixes our problems. Then we take him off and put him in our trunk. Who is Jesus to you? 
You have to give an answer this morning, not to me. You know what I, what I love about it this morning is? As your heart thinks about who Jesus is to you, He already looks in your heart. And you know, when I ask myself that, and I thank God you look in my heart, I want to say thank you, Lord, that nobody else can. For if you could look in my heart from time to time, you would think, Preacher, what's wrong with you? There's a humanistic element about me. And when Pilate began to ask that very important question, he said... What shall I do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Verse 15 says this, Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. During the trial of Jesus, Pilate's going to ask this question. He's already getting the background. And he's going to ask this question here in just a little bit. Verse 16 says this, And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Now, you and I, we believe that he's the king of the Jews. Well, let me rephrase that. I hope that you and I believe he's the Messiah. I hope that you and I believe that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but what are you going to do with this man called Jesus? What shall I do with him? I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to believe in him. Not everybody has to believe. I wish again that I could go out and say, everybody here believes in Jesus. I don't know that. But let's keep reading here. It says, now you've got Jesus on one hand, but it says, and they have them a notable prisoner. Now notable doesn't just mean uh, uh, popular. It just means that he was notorious. He was, uh, he was cruel. He, he, he was in there for murder. Matter of fact, he was out for, for in killing of a Roman with what he did, and here's in prison for it. And he probably, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, he should face the death penalty too. But let's keep reading about uh, Barabbas for just a minute. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Pilate's going to ask them a question. Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas? Or Jesus, which is called the Christ. He said, you've got a choice. We do tend to struggle with choices. Don't you love it when you, I'll say I love it, but don't you find it easier sometime when there's not 15 million choices or even two choices? You've got one choice. That's the way of it. You know, if, if every human being did not have a choice, they had to be saved, folks, one, heaven wouldn't be able to be what we call and know as heaven. But wouldn't life be a lot simpler if we just had to be saved? But you know, and we, again, we talked about this in Sunday school. <coughs> Excuse me. But you see, you have a choice in front of you today. When I say you have, there's an A and a B answer to a question that a teacher can ask... What are you going to do with Christ? You're either going to believe or you're not going to believe. You're going to heed or you're not going to heed. You're going to be cleansed or you're going to be unclean. You're going to do one or the other this morning. What are you going to do with the Christ? Here he is. He's in front of you. He's in your life. He's in this place. His words being proclaimed. His people are worshiping him. What are you going to do? Pilate said, I'm going to give you a choice. You know what? I think we all can agree on this. We as human beings have, uh, we have the ability to make the wrong choice. 
And if you're like me, it just seems like no matter what it is that's before me, I always seem to have the wrong answer. But I want to tell you about a night. Let me tell you about a spring night. It was in March. I celebrated another anniversary. There was a March night when I did the right thing. I made the right decision, if you will. I heeded and I believed. I trusted in Him and I believed in Him that He was the answer to my problems. That He was the one that could give me peace. I believed in that. When, 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 when I was asked that question, not literally asked that question, but in my heart I had to ponder, what are you going to do with Christ? I had to believe. Now Pilate comes before the people and he says, I'm going to give you a choice. Here you are this morning and you have a choice about Jesus and that, that, that still small voice that you hear inside of you today. Are you going to heed that voice and be submissive unto him? Or are you going to just try to hold on a little bit longer? We call the old white knuckle syndrome. Let's just squeeze the pews and let's hold on as long as we can. And maybe we can just let this this feeling subside and we can walk on out of here and go about our business. Folks, today, Pilate asked a very important question. He said, whom do you want? Should I release Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Now, here we go. Let's get into this a little bit more. And when he sat down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude, persuasive people, that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? So which one of these two people do you want set free? And of course we know the, the sad answer. They said Barabbas. Guilty of murder versus the one that was falsely accused. Now we all feel like even when we're guilty, we are falsely accused. Barabbas was not falsely accused, folks. He was guilty of murder. Matter of fact, you can go back and read uh, in the book of Mark, I believe it is, in the 15th chapter, it talks about how that he was... Uh, in, Mark chapter 15, maybe about verse 6 or 7. But it talks about how that, that, yes, he did commit murder. He was a guilty person. But let me ask you this today. Do you believe that the innocent can be punished, and do you believe that the guilty can be set free? I believe in our judicial system. I, I want you to understand that. But also understand that there are people, I believe today, in prison that are guilty. I also believe there are people today that are, are on the streets that are, uh, that are guilty people. They're free, but they should be, and, and vice versa. you got the innocent that are incarcerated. And I say that to you because, spiritually speaking today, are you set free? From what it is that Christ would have you to, to do. And that's why when Pilate asked that question, What shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? They said unto him, Let him be crucified. Notice what they said. It, they didn't just say, uh, Leave him in there. There's a difference in leaving somebody in prison saying, We want the harshest punishment possible. And said, Let him be crucified. And it goes on to say there, and they cried out the more, let him be crucified. There's a zeal amongst the people there. 
They were, they, they were excited. They were pumped up. There was a, a, a great passion behind what it was, but their passion was to get rid of Jesus. Sometimes I want to say, Lord, can we work as hard being obedient to you as we are trying to ignore you and push you away? Can we work hard saying, Lord, let me just be in, it, it, let you be in my life here? And the question is, it says, what shall I do then with Jesus? A lot of people, they have that choice and they don't know what to do, but they're going to do something with Jesus. And you and I today, as we get to that point, it says, what shall I do? You know, Pilate had to answer this question for himself. If I was to tell you on the count of three, tell me who the Savior of the world is, most of you, and if not every one of you, is going to say, Jesus. But what if there's one person here that didn't want to stand out and you didn't answer? Know this. The multitude cannot answer for you. You have to answer for yourself. Notice the question. What shall I do? Folks, this is your decision. When I ask you, and I told you this morning at the very beginning, you had three seconds. What shall I do with Jesus? What shall I do with Jesus? When that question comes to you today, it's not about what everybody else is going to do. You know, it's amazing if you look at how people are given the same situation, the same items, or the, or the, the same circumstances, but yet they treat them totally different. People today, they come into church this morning, and they're given the Christ. Some are going to praise Him and glorify Him. Some's going to say, leave me alone. And let me walk out of this place and go about my, my, my Sunday day. It's Mother's Day. It's a day for me to get out. It's a day for me to visit. Some people, when they say, what are you going to do with the Christ? They're going to try to, 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 uh, uh, to get to a place where they're going to uh, reject Him. They're going to get to a place where they're going to ignore Him. They're going to get to a place, and the word I'm looking for is, uh, they're going to quench. They're going to quench, and they're going to hold back, and they're going to say, Lord, I don't want these things. And when Pilate come to that place, he said, what shall I do? But here's where I think it gets really interesting. What shall I do? Read that question again. What shall I do then with Jesus? What are you going to do about the singing? What are you going to do about that preacher that all he wants to do is just stand up there and, and, and get all excited and hey, I, I can't follow him? What are you going to do with the preacher? What are you going to do about your neighbor that just you can't get them to do right, you can't get them to mind? What are you going to do with the people at your job? What are you going to do about the people you work beside? What are you going to do with your friends that just they can't get your life together, folks? Those all have answers, but my question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? That's the most important question that we can ask anybody. You know what time of year it is, don't you? It's graduation time. We look at people and say, well, what are you going to do with your life? Some of them will tell you to tell you what they're going to do and when they're going to do it and how they're going to do it. And then there's probably several like me that's going to be like, I have no clue. At that point in my life when I graduated, I didn't know what I wanted to do. We can ask people, what do they want about this? What are they going to do with their time? What are they going to do with their education? What are they going to do with, with, with somebody that's sick? How are you going to take care of them? Or what are you going to do about the house that you've sold or the car that's broke down? We, we ask ourselves and we can fill in all kinds of scenarios. But the idea this morning is, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called 
the Christ. A lot of people want to question philosophies and science and in the, in the laws of our land. There's all kinds of things we can question. This morning the question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? When everything else can be wrong and, and everything else can be out of place and everything else can not be, it can be a misfit, you might even say, what are you going to do with Jesus? By the way, I'll say this, Jesus can fit perfectly in your life. Oh, ponder that just a minute. You know, there's a lot of times we might say, well, that, going out here and, and, and getting the tires rotated in my car, I just can't fit that in my schedule. It just don't fit into my life or whatever. Folks, there's always an appropriateness for Jesus to fit perfectly into your life. And when you let him in your life, I'll tell you, things are going to be much different. What are you going to do with the Christ? Well, if I see a piece of paper on the ground and I choose to go on by it, then that piece of paper is still on the ground. But you see, if I choose to pick it up, it becomes a part of me. You see, a lot of people just want to, the Christ is there. But they just want to keep on going about their life. There's people that are going down the road. If you're on a timeline of your life, the Christ appears unto them. He shows them that he can be a part of their life. They just keep going saying, Lord, let me just live my life a little bit. Then I'll come back and I'll let you into my life and we'll just finish this thing called life out. Folks, how many people leave the walks of this life? without ever going back, if you will. How many people in their life just want to say, Lord, just not right now. So the question is, you have to give an answer today. Preacher, please do not make me write this down. Please do not me stand up and tell anybody. Folks, you've already told God in your heart what you're going to do with Him. You've already told Him. What are you going to do with the Christ? And when Pilate asks that question, it says, What shall I do with Jesus? It's solely about what are you going to do with this one person. Peter said, thou art the Christ. I don't know what everybody else thinks, but thou art the Christ. This morning I want everybody here to know this. Thou art the Christ. He is the Christ. He is that superior one. And he says, uh, what shall I do then with Jesus which is called the Christ? You had Barabbas. And you had Jesus. Leviticus teaches us this. I want to turn back and read for just a minute. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 14. And in verse 50. says this. Back up for a second. Let's read verse 49. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. you got two birds. You've got Barabbas. You've got Jesus. You've got two people. He said, now if you're going to cleanse, he said, you take these two birds and read the 50th verse. And he shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. You can keep going and say, uh, and you can read on down just a little bit more of the rest of that. But it talks about how that when one bird is slain, the blood of that one is applied to the other. 
So if you see a bird flying around with blood on it, you know the only reason that that bird is alive is because of the death of another bird. Folks, the only reason that you and I can be set free today is because of the death of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason we're set free today, not because we know good people. It's not because we found out the uh, the, the very keys of life. We, we have this because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I pray that people we see in this life today would come and say, you know what, this is a person that's been set free. They are Barabbas's. Barabbas, never do we read that Barabbas was an innocent person. He was a guilty person deserving of death. But yet he was set free. You and I today, when the question comes up, and, and, and as we read to you there in the very beginning, it says, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? When that question comes up, are you going to be the one that's going to say, Jesus, I need you into my life and I'm going to let you in? Or are you going to push him away? Which one are you going to do this morning? It says, uh, what shall I do then? Jesus has already done what we stand in need of. We just got to be willing to, 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 to come to the point of realizing that that is the only way that we can have that we might find eternal life. Folks, outside of Jesus Christ, we can't find eternal life. We need to fit Him and we need to put Him. We need to let Him into our life. But you know what? This morning I want to go just a little further and I'm going to hush. Well, preacher, it's Sunday morning. Anywhere from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, we want Jesus to be in our life. But is it possible just to leave him here on Sunday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Mondays, whatever day it is, do we need Jesus to Christ in those days? I ask you that question. Do you need Jesus on those days? Or let me, maybe I should word it like this. Is he available on those days? Folks, the peace of Jesus Christ is not just available on Sunday morning. It's something he wants us to have every day of our life. How many people today go to their jobs or they go home to their families or they, they get in a vehicle or they just they lay down at night and they cannot find peace? But they need Jesus every day of our life. We need Him and we need Christ in our life. So when the question comes up, I'm asking you this this morning. And Pilate said unto them, I'm not saying unto you, but the question before you is this. This preemptory question, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? You have to decide, and you have to decide right now. What are you going to do with this opportunity you have? Do you think people squander away their opportunities when they leave church all the time? But you've been given another opportunity. Maybe you're here and you thought... Last Sunday, I, was, I really felt like I should have done this. Maybe the Sunday before, I should have done this. Or the Tuesday night, when God was stirring in my heart, I should have done this. Or the Monday afternoon, I should have done this. And we could go all kinds of places in our life, but those opportunities, you can't live in the past. Here you are right now. What are you going to do with Jesus? This morning, I want us to get a song this morning.